0: 43, District
1: 1, Engine 51, Response, Cardiac Arrest. Good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of the MCHT Paramedic Podcast. Dr. Rob Dixon here, uh, sitting in for KC today. And we're going to continue on a series that we started uh, a couple of weeks ago with an international COVID discussion um, with dr meyer from melbourne and have a ems global perspective and today we've got a really special guest dr eric review dr review is the emergency position in paris and actively involved in the ems system there in paris and he co-chairs the pre-hospital system uh committee at the the uh, european society of emergency medicine so welcome this morning dr review hello hello i'm glad to be with you guys it's a great privilege to be the you thank you uh eric can you give us a little bit of background talk to listeners a little bit of background about the french healthcare system and how in particular the ems system operates in paris
0: yeah to make it very short uh we the creation of the of the samu uh, is came from in the 1970s uh when this at uh, this time uh in france we had more than 10,000 people who died from road traffic injury in France. Uh, that was the, the worst thing that we have. So we tried to change that. In the south of France, eh, near Toulouse, uh, one of the uh, teachers of uh, anesthesia decided to, uh, to, to change the things and he started to have an ambulance and to go to the patient on the, on the road traffic. Uh, accidents and then after that they uh, we try to organize the whole system in the whole of France and out actually the whole system in the French it's a very small territory in Europe Uh, the whole territory is managed by the SAMU and the SAMU is just a dispatch center when you dial the number, the it, it equivalent of the 911 is the 15 in, in France. In the whole French territory, it's the same number. And uh, we send an ambulance to the patient. The main difference is, as you have uh, in the uh, United States, is that we put emergency physicians inside the ambulance, and they have ambulance sp- specifically uh, equipped with the whole equipment that you need as you bring an ICU to the, to the patients. So we have an uh, f- emergency physician with a nurse, uh, a driver. That's uh, typical. That's the three uh, people in the ambulance. He could have more. In Paris, we all have more because we have uh, students and uh, we could have nurse ed also. And uh, the idea is to treat on the scene the patients. This team, the MyQ Ambulance, we call it the SMUR, it, it, it's mean the Service Mobile, Urgence and Reanimation Intensive Care Units. That's so the dispatch center is the SAMU, the SMUR is the, the ambulance. And we bring the patient from from the at home to the um, to the hospital. The main difference is it was in the 1970s, it was the road traffic injury, it's not anymore. We do have Almost three three thousand people who die now of uh, road traffic injury. The most activity is the medical problem, like uh, STEMI, uh, stroke, uh, coma, and medical problems. But the say it's the same organization. So uh, we have almost in France six hundred and sixty uh, emergency departments and four hundred uh, Smur ambulance. Who can go to the patient actually it take it takes long to go to the patient because uh, the the main time is 20 20 minutes to go from the hospital to the patient so the the ambulance are just based in the in the in the hospital and we go to the patient that's not the only system we do have the equivalent of the paramedics with ambulances and five brigades who just help us to cover the whole territory
1: of um, the health
0: system in pre-hospital
1: EMS. I see, so very, actually very similar origins to here in America where the NHTSA white paper came out about all these road traffic accidents and uh, the unnecessary deaths in America, which is really the genesis of how EMS got started and f- certainly funded in this country. So it's really interesting the uh, the uh, similarities between the two countries. So. And and you did define the terminology much better, uh, the actual name of the smur than I could have done. So thanks for that. Can tell us a little bit, Doctor Review, about how you got involved in the in the EMS.
0: Yeah, for me, uh, I just uh, always want to work in an emergency department, and uh, because we, uh, it was the creation uh, of the uh, emergency uh, medicine specialty in France. It's uh, was official. Uh, just a few years ago because with the difference of uh, you and us because in the 1974 uh very close to 74 in uk and in united states you create the specialty it came very later in, in france and the creation of this specialty of emergency medicine was created by the anesthetic first and then we put now gp who just want to specialize in emergency medicine, like me. I wanted to do that, but I always work in uh, emergency departments. Uh, this organization, this training organization, like I have done, is working in uh, intensive care units, working on the dispatch, and work in the MyQ ambulance, the SMUR, and then work in the emergency departments. So the, the majority of the emergency physician working in, in France are training in the same way. That's the same. So that's the both system. We are working inside the ambulance, that's the SMU, and we're working part uh, inside the emergency departments. So it's quite similar that we can find everywhere
1: uh, in in France. So that's fascinating because we always talk here about how sometimes the healthcare system is very siloed. So EMS, the pre-hospital component, doesn't really translate into the hospital care, but there in, in France, really the practitioners are... Are equivalent and moving uh, laterally from one to the other. So you may you may do some shifts on the smur and you may do some shifts in the emergency department. So a little bit uh, easier translation there in in France.
0: Yes, the thing is, uh, you remember this very bad thing that happened to us is the with the summary of Paris. It was the death of a uh, Diana Princess uh, from uh, UK. That was the terrible uh, thing that hurt the system, the health system in, in France, and uh, particularly in Paris, because your colleagues, uh, our colleagues from US, said euthanasia is not good because it takes time to manage a trauma. Uh, if, if for the example of Diana, uh, who just died, the thing is was that the limits of that system. It, you, you pro guys, proved us that. Uh, we cannot lose a lot of time in uh, in a trauma uh, in this situation. And so we have learned a lot about this uh, ex- bad, very bad experience uh, to manage the, the, the patient. And that's exactly what we have done during the terrorist attack uh, in Paris, that hurt Paris a, a few years ago, is just uh, we have now a code uh, we call the Alpha Code to, um, for management of terrorist attack is bring all the patients as soon as we can very quickly to the nearest hospital. The main difference of this U.S. system for the French system is that we want to pick the patient to go to the ICU and not in the emergency department because the nearest emergency department, maybe he's not ready, doesn't got all the the uh, all the system to get ready to manage a multi-trauma patient, for instance. So that's the main difference. The two second main difference is we have high-skilled doctors um, 24 hours a day in this system, and they intubate the patient, they control the airway, they do, uh, they are practice uh, non-invasive ventilation, they treat uh, STEMI at home. That's one of the similar, uh, just a, a, d- a small difference. But the thing is, um, it's quite similar to, to the paramedics uh, in U.S.
1: Yeah, it sounds very similar. And it, In the U.S., it's quite dependent on the individual state in the system. Here in Texas, uh, it's all medical director driven. So the authorizations and the clinical practice can, can vary widely throughout the different states and certainly within the regions within a state. So I, I couldn't let you get away uh, without discussing a little bit, talking about the COVID, your experiences there that you've seen in your practice in Paris and in the pre-hospital arena in Paris, um, and how has it affected your your EMS team and your and your hospital systems there? Yeah, the
0: uh, the thing is, uh, the organization is changing now uh, because we uh, we need to have more emergency physician. In our, in our ambulances and inside the emergency departments, And since we create officially uh, the, uh, the specialty of emergency medicine, it's uh, the new resident, the new interns are trying to, to get involved in the birth system outside the pre-hospital EMS and inside emergency departments. One of the main difference you have done in the US, uh, thanks to maybe the ER TV show, is you, it's the specialty of emergency medicine is really famous in U.S. It's not so famous in uh, in France and in Europe, but particularly in in, in Europe, uh, in France we uh, I think the third um, specialty is anesthesia, and one of the last is the emergency medicine. So we try to change that because it's the really necessary to have. Uh, young doctors uh, to train for for that in the in the same way. So the system is quite changing now. Uh, we uh, try to organize and maybe to put only nurses in uh, in the ambulance just for transfer patient to uh, a hospital to another one and we try to implement different uh, different uh, system. Maybe you have seen also the ECMO team that we have uh, in Paris and some uh, uh, region in, in France.
1: Excellent. Can you, can you speak specifically of, of how uh, your teams responded to COVID and so any changes that you made pre-hospital? I know here at MCHD, um, we, uh, of course, had to really uh, learn on the fly uh, and added things like viral filters to all, uh, you know, ventilatory circuits and limited our use of non-invasive and essentially got rid of any nebulized medications in the ambulances. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you, what changes you made uh, in response to the COVID pandemic, and, and how your systems are doing there? Yeah,
0: the, one of the thing you you uh, you you know that uh, we can intubate the patient, we can uh, realize non invasive ventilation at home. That's the first thing we try to organize with the score. It's what the Rock score. It's a ratio about the uh, some parameters to decide. On the phone if it's better to send a MiQ ambulance or a single ambulance or a fire brigade to do good with patients of course we isolated pa- the patient we tried to control uh, uh, because with the uh, the paramedics or the ems and so we decide if we need to intubate the patient at, at home the other thing is the mainly that was uh, not necessary but uh, we tried to bring the patient to the, not to the emergency department, but directly to the um, to the ICU. And during the COVID, that was really that, uh, the thing we've tried to organize. The second thing we have done with, during the COVID in Paris, uh, in Paris, you have to know we have 40 uh, hospital, main hospital in the APHP is the name of the, the group of hospital in Paris. And we have almost the same number of private hospital. Uh, in Paris and Paris region during the COVID, it was the group uh, with the cell cri- uh, crisis cell who just tried to organize all the EMS and to decide uh, how we can uh, manage all the patients that need ICU to go to, them, to the hospital. So this system make a collaboration during a different hospital to change and to organize to bring the patient to the ICU or emergency departments. The t- second thing we have done during the COVID is uh, we ha- were quite scared about the, the fact that maybe the ICU of the hospital in Paris can be overcrowded and we don't have uh, available beds. So the organization, it was at the end of March uh, and, uh, and up April, we tried to transfer patients from a region to another one. Maybe you have seen that. So we, uh, the MyQ ambulance bring the patient from the ICU, put in the uh, train, the TGV train, and, uh, and put the patient with the team, of course, to uh, Paris, to the south of France, of the west part of France, because they have available bed for ICU. And we have almost 100 patients, which we try to move and to, to bring these, those patients just to make sure that we have available beds uh, in Paris. That was the uh, the first, uh, because we try to have this plan for just for a terrorist attack. We just uh, use that for the first time for the COVID.
1: No, I think that sounds really brilliant. And, and it's really the concept of, uh, you know, we're going to get a certain amount of patients, but it's sorting those patients out and, and making sure that the system is not overwhelmed. Here in Houston, our uh, biggest volume came in in late july i'd say where the hospitals really got to the to the boiling point um and now it's settled down a little bit and to me that's kind of the goal of managing this pandemic is not that we're going to have patients infected or we're going to have patients that need ventilators uh but we can't overwhelm our hospital system so i think it's brilliant idea to to use a plan that you would actually had in the books for a terrorist attack and adapt that to the pandemic. One of the thing it was really funny because when we uh, have the first
0: time this presentation of the of this plan uh, with the using the, the train was just for terrorist attack and the idea is we do have uh, hemps, we do have uh, planes, we do have a lot of ambulance. but what is the best way to transport and to transfer hundreds of patients in the same time? And uh, when we are not on strike, It should be uh, the use of the train for that. That's why we we have to use the train, but we didn't test it. We train, we have the drill for that, for terrorist attack, but we trained for for the first time in uh, in March for the COVID. It was really, really good uh, thing to do that. One of the um, principles that was quite uh, very interesting, the thing is the cost of that and what is the good idea? We don't know, actually. Uh, maybe we'll have to evaluate if it was a good decision. But anyway, that was the only way we have found. Because to be honest, it was really a big wave that hurt uh, the Europe, in particular in Paris. And we tried to manage. Actually, the, uh, it's the south of France who just have that, this wave now of, um, of uh, COVID, particularly in Marseille. And just we tried to organize. Maybe in a few weeks, it could be a patient from Marseille just coming by train in Paris. If so, if we don't have enough beds, it's not actually the situation, but it should happen again.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great example of classic EMS and emergency medicine, right? Taking things that we have and adapting them and overcoming challenges to to best take care of the patient. So, so good on you and the system there. And we'll follow up with... Um, how it's going in the future from these patients from Marseille. So talk a little bit, you've talked about some of the COVID changes and challenges that you guys have overcome there. What are your biggest non-COVID challenges? Just every day um, developing a, an emergency medicine specialty that's really fairly young in France. What are the biggest challenges yeah. there?
0: I think that's a very good question. The thing is, uh, uh the, the, the situation now for uh, uh, young, young doctors for training is they, they want to do, uh, they want to intubate the patient, they want to uh, uh, manage uh, multi trauma patients. But the big uh, challenge in our, actually, in emergency department is we are uh, the mainly overcrowded, uh, full of, of beds. We have an aging population that's waiting for days in the emergency department because we try to change that. That's why we have a plan to change that, that because young doctors, they don't want to work like that anymore. They want we change the system. Um, it's, a, it's a big challenge for the years to come because the emergency department, as you, ha- you are in the uh, in, uh, United States, is really a main, main, main department uh, that we need in, uh, in a hospital. So I think young doctors, they want to work. But they say, no, the situation is uh, really tough to, to work. Actually, there are a lot of, um, of shift, uh, despite the fact that we have uh, the 40, uh, 48 hours low uh, in France. So the doctors should not work more than 48 hours a week. Uh, some of them can work uh, more. It's not, it's not the, the thing that uh, could help for, for doctors. The thing is, uh, we try to change that. It's not easy to do.
1: I see. I see. We'll stay at it. I mean, I think it, it's it's fairly new specialty there. I mean, we still struggle all the time to develop. The, the. I think the EMS systems here in America are constantly developing. You know, we're looking at doing more hospital in the home and more uh, chronic care treatments and some of, of that type of care on EMS. I think that's our future here in this country. So, I mean, all these systems are evolving. It sounds like you guys are well on your way and have a great plan there. Um, kind of to, to finish up, Eric, I'd like to talk about kind of deploying hospital based therapies. Uh, here at MCHC, we have a long history of, of kind of following some of the things that you guys have done, the SAMU. Um, doing uh, field thoracostomy for traumatic cardiac arrest, IV nitrates for acute decompensative hypertensive heart failure, um, push dose pressors to augment uh, and uh, to optimize our patients prior to intubation and post-resuscitation. So I know that the PARASAMU is engaged in a randomized control trial evaluating the efficacy of EPCPR, which is extracorporeal cardiopulmonary resuscitation in the field versus a hospital setting. Do you have any data on that or know how it's going? Give us a feel for how the the trial's going? Yes. Actually, uh, we do have a lot of uh, trial about uh, the management of the cardiac
0: arrest, uh, uh, not only in Paris, but particularly in Paris. The thing we've learned, it was quite funny, is uh, can you imagine that the two place uh, that uh, we have more cardiac arrest in Paris. The first one is the railway station, and the second one is the it's a museum. So we don't know why, but these uh, two places have that we have to organize the things different uh, differently uh, to manage the cardiac arrest. The thing is, uh, we try to organize the first part of the management of the cardiac arrest that's why we have now an app on a on a phone and if you have your uh, witness of cardiac arrest we try to start cbr very early because despite the fact that we have an ecmo team a very uh, high skill ecmo team is not enough the first responders and the first bystanders are, are really necessary so the randomized control trial that we are using try to evaluate how we can uh, optimize the management of the, of the cardiac arrest in Paris? Um, that's the actually we were working on. The thing is, uh, we try to uh, uh, adapt and to have a better control of the management of the acute MI. Despite the system, you communicate population uh, dial the uh, the the equivalent of 911 is uh, we send you when you have a chest pain. We send you in an ambulance. We do have 40 or 30 percent of patients coming. Uh, it's a walking patient coming to emergency department, So we try to educate the population to do that. That they are really familiar to the SAMU. They love the SAMU. They they love the system, but they are not really um, helping uh, for the management of the of the patient. They don't want to touch the patient. They don't want to start CPR. So that's the main difference that we have it's similar to uh, Spain and Italy and uh, as you see uh, in the north of Europe particularly in Finland Norway uh, Germany they educate the population that was the near uh, the next step to have a better management of the cardiac arrest in uh, in uh, in France
1: Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I I, uh, always like to tell listeners a story. Casey and I's uh, former chair uh, at IU actually had a pre-hospital cardiac arrest while visiting Paris, and we are eternally grateful for for the excellent care that he got, not only from the same you but from all of his doctors uh, and ICU uh, physicians in Paris, uh, who he had an excellent outcome. So I, I think you guys have a fantastic system there uh and something that we can we can learn some things from i will can send you some uh, very nice picture
0: and uh, one of the famous you know it's the picture of this uh, ecmo team in the louvre museum uh the patient had uh, cardiac arrest, and during uh, in front inside the the main hall of the louvre they are trying to make cpr i was one of the guy who just make cpr uh, with the ECMO team, it was the, uh, on the road in the just uh, in the train railway station. It's really amazing this kind of team what they are doing, uh, putting the cannula. You're uh, in the on the road on, on the sidewalk, and you you try to to give. That's very interesting experience uh, for me uh, to see that. I, I would
1: love to to share with you this kind of uh, experience that they have this team we're going to have to have you back on and talk a little bit more about that we uh, have ecmo here in in montgomery county the hospital systems deploy ecmo we haven't uh, sorted out a a protocol to translate those patients to a resuscitation center and identify uh, specific patients who would do well with ecmo i think just from looking through our data it's likely coming in the next couple of years so we'll have to touch base with you again Uh, dr review and and get your experiences there and draw some of your experience um to help us develop our system here all right well that sounds like a great place guys to wrap it up Uh, again i'd like to thank dr review for coming on the podcast today and talking with us about an international perspective from paris france uh thank you dr review thank you rob it's a great pleasure to, to be with you and hope to, to meet you for real, It's uh, I miss you guys. Miss you too, and, and I, I look forward to when we can have you over and do this in person.